0: Hello and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Hill Blogs Hot Take Podcast. On this episode, we're talking about UNC's first true road game of the season and a very weird non-conference non-Saturday game against Wake Forest, as well as some Cole Anthony love. I'm Tanya Bondurant and with me as always is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how's your Tuesday going?
1: It's going about as well as trying to navigate that sentence that you spoke about earlier. (laughs) It's
0: weird. It's weird times.
1: It's weird times, but no, I'm doing all right. I'm still feeling pretty good after that win after... uh, I'm sorry, against Miami. Um, So I'm kind of just riding that cloud right into Friday.
0: I mean, we should all ride that cloud into Friday.
1: Yeah. I mean... Look, it's been a rough couple years, and especially after that loss against Miami last year, I'm going to hold on to this feeling as long as humanly possible. So expect me to still be at least mini-hyped by the time we play them next year, because that's what you're getting with me.
0: Our egos are only inflating the more that UNC wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the NFL isn't doing me any favors this year. So this is all I got football wise. I might as well embrace it to the utmost degree.
0: Professional football is dead to me, so I can't relate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got a text from one of my friends about the Cowboys Giants game. I I Uh,
0: don't know what that is. I don't know who she is. Mm. I don't know her. So,
1: yeah, Man. that that one guy that nope, nope, nope. Uh,
0: the things we
1: don't, uh, we things we about don't that. talk about anymore within the blog. <laughs>
0: exactly. What we do talk about is UNC football, and what is ahead is a very strange game for them this week, in which they play Wake Forest on a Friday. In a game that does not count toward the conference standings, Brandon, what are your thoughts on this?
1: The other thing that needs to be thrown in here is it's at six o'clock, not seven o'clock, not eight o'clock, not even like a nine or a ten o'clock. Six o'clock on a Saturday, Oh, no, I'm a sorry, Friday. Friday on a Friday. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. I don't know that I'm. I don't feel like the non-conference thing weirds me out maybe as much as other people, but it's still kind of weird. I mean, it's an ACC game, so I don't really understand. Because, I mean, for example, the game against State counts, right? Like, I'm not going crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how this is any different. Um,
0: I think it's because you are given a certain – amount of conference games per year and this one was agreed to outside of that number so it doesn't count as a conference game
1: yeah that I mean I guess I get it if you're trying to have everything equal across the the conference but I, it's a little odd but it's whatever it's football they're gonna play it Hopefully UNC can do something. I'm still not really a fan of the game time, but also that's just me saying that as somebody that lives in the triangle. And I I don't have anywhere to be prior to that game, but I feel like a lot of people that got to work and things like that, it's going to be really tough for them to get there. I mean, it's an away game, so they're not necessarily thinking about that. I, I know just kind of like, In terms of everybody that's working that stadium, but I don't know, North Carolina traffic at six PM is nightmare nightmare fuel. So Mm. I just, yeah, it kind of hurts me a little bit.
0: Well, not all of us have Fridays off, Brandon. So
1: yeah, I was trying
0: trying to,
1: I was trying to avoid saying that directly, but yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Also. It's weird to me because it's literally earlier than even, like, high school football on a Friday. And it's giving me weird, like, time travel vibes.
1: Yeah. I think at least my high school, the games would be... I think JV would play at, like, 5.30, but the actual varsity team would play at 7-ish. Something like that.
0: That's how it was for us, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird.
1: It's, it's really weird.
0: If you want to go to work and get dinner, you're probably not going to the football game.
1: Yeah. Even if you
0: live close. I mean, that's that's going to be difficult to navigate.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of starving people. But uh, hey, they'll make that concession money. They're going to kind of have to eat something, whoever goes. So. That
0: was the plan all along.
1: It, it was such a dirty plan. Yeah, it's the UNC's first true road game of the season. Um, Tanya, do you think that the team will have nerves or that the fans around the stadium will bother them at all or what's kind of the outlook here because I I've been thinking about it all day and I can't decide how this team will react to that type of environment if the Wake fans show up to a capacity that outweighs Tar Heel fans, because I, I believe you've told me before, there is a lot of UNC fans around Winston-Salem, so it's kind of hard to keep them out. Um But yeah, uh, what are your thoughts of maybe like what the environment's going to be like, wh- how the players are going to react?
0: I do think that there are going to be a decent number of UNC fans there. I worry that the game time is going to keep more UNC fans from being there than would be on, like, a Saturday evening. So I think that's something to take into consideration. Um, I'm not too worried about the players. I think UNC will at least be well represented, so I'm not sure it'll be completely different than the environment they were in in their first game in Charlotte. Uh, sort of like a neutral, evenly split kind of situation. Uh t field is pretty small. Uh so I think that will make for an interesting split of fans just because I'm pretty sure they only have one level. Um it it's not it's not even like as big as Keenan. So that'll be something to to monitor just, like, how many UNC fans show up, how many of them are able to get there before 6 o'clock on a Friday. Um, But I'm not too worried about the players. I think there are probably some, you know, we've never been on the road for real nerves that they'll need to work out. But, I mean, I would say that that's pretty – it should be pretty low down the concern list
1: yeah yeah I I mean if anything else whenever I think about the team for better like whether it's fair or not I kind of my brain goes to Sam Howell and I feel like nothing bothers that guy
0: I don't think anything but I haven't seen anything bother that guy to this point
1: yeah so if he's
0: faking it he's doing a good job
1: he's doing a really good job because like we haven't even known we've we haven't seen him that long, obviously, because he's a freshman, but it's just every time I see him, he kind of just has this like and I'm not I, I'm not speaking ill on the guy, but it's actually a good thing. It's just every time I see him, he's so stoic. Is that the word I'm looking for? He just That's
0: the word I was thinking of, so Yeah,
1: yeah. It's I I just I don't think that he is a normal freshman. I'm not saying that he's like the Michael Jordan of football either, but I just feel like if you're looking for a freshman to start for your team in a rebuild season, you're going to want a guy like that because, I mean, just look at what he's done so far. Everything that we just said, that's shown in this play, and I feel like it's only going to continue.
0: Yeah, you kind of want a quarterback particularly to have like ice in his veins. You don't want him to be rattled. You don't want him to be overly uh, emotional about anything um, high or low because then other things tend to suffer as a result. And I just feel like Hal's done a good job of that so far. He's remained really calm and collected and – the team has been reaping the rewards from that because he needed to um, come through in some pretty huge situations already, and he's managed to do that. Um, doing that on the road, in what, regardless of what it counts for in the standings, is an ACC environment will be an interesting test for him. But I've just not seen anything to this point that would suggest that it's going to rattle him.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be just fine. And as far as the team goes, I I think, if anything, we're going to see a more juiced-up team because I've already heard it, just Mac Brown trying to pump up the team. And whether it's directly or indirectly about how – Everybody in the states against Carolina. This, then, the other. He wants to beat everybody in the state so badly, and I am so incredibly here for it. I I don't think I've ever been so excited about such like a, um, just like a general mindset. It, which sounds sad because I know Larry Fedora would preach stuff like that too. He would say stuff like. We need to win the state, then we need to win the conference, then we can see if they'll let us stay around or whatever, something like that. But Mac Brown kind of just injects that whole mentality into his veins and then goes back for seconds. And then he tries to give as much of that to the, his players as he can.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that it helps that they're coming into this coming off two big wins Um, that has to help their confidence that they might not have had two games ago. And I mean, I think it'll be exciting. It's their sort of second straight. I mean, this one isn't as much of a night game as the last night game, but it's also closer to a night game than what they have been playing the last few years when every game has seemingly been at noon. So, yeah, I think it'll be good practice. Um, it will be interesting to see how everyone handles it. I am personally very excited for the Surratt Bowl because I think it would be hilarious to see former quarterback Chad Surratt taking on his little brother, Sage Surratt, and hopefully putting his newly found defensive skills To work and uh, keeping Sage from going nuts on our defense.
1: Yeah. What did he say? That he basically wanted to take his brother out or something like that? It
0: it was something along those lines.
1: Yeah. That's going to be fun to watch and... Granted, a lot of his opportunities to do that are going to come from when, you know, they run slant routes on the inside and things like that. But, I mean, he's going to get his opportunities. I'm, I'm, they will be there. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be really funny if that is his best defensive performance of the year is trying to beat the snot out of his brother. So I'm definitely here for that as well. Um, I would be
0: here for that. And also, I mean, I, I feel like we didn't really talk about it in our wrap up of the Miami game, but Serrat was pretty good again. He was, I don't know that it was as obvious as his performance against South Carolina, where he was just all over the ball all the time. But I know that there were a number of situations where I looked up and it was Serrat on the tackle or at least assisting with the tackle. And I mean, I'm impressed with him. I, I would like to see him manifest that in the form of besting his little brother, but he's, he's done really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he has. And yeah, to your point, um, I know his numbers weren't as good in total in terms of total tackles, but yeah, just like you said, he was all over the field even still, and I feel like he did a lot of good things. I think his play was probably a little cleaner than it was against South Carolina, actually, because I, I know that there were some tackles that he missed and things like that. And From where I was sitting in the stands, he probably did miss some, even still against Miami, but I don't feel like it was quite as bad. I don't know if that's what you saw or not.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of jives with what I saw.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, Tanya, looking at the games that Wake has played so far, they have played Utah State, who they beat by three points, and then they played Rice. They beat them by 20. It was a 41-21 game. Um, The spread is a three-point favorite for Wake, which is basically, you're the home team, so here you go, you get three points. So it's really just an even, it's even right now. Um,
0: Which is interesting because I I feel like it has moved slightly more in Carolina's favor since it opened. I believe it was a little bit higher I'm not sure. But I think it's moved just slightly.
1: Yeah, I think that's about right. Pretty sure that's about right. Uh, but did you have a prediction for this particular game?
0: Um I think that I mean I'm predicting a Carolina win because I've predicted two wins so far and I've been correct both times. Cough, cough, Brandon. (laughs) Lacking faith. Cough, cough. Um, So I'm going to predict that they'll win again. I could see something in the low 30s. I'm so bad at like... I mean, I know that no one knows what the score will be, but I hate like having to come up with an exact score because who knows. But I'm going to say that something where both teams are I think it'll be a close game. I'll say that. But I think something where both teams are in the lower 30s, high 20s is what I would expect. What are you thinking?
1: I know this is going to surprise you, so I want you to brace yourself. Take a glass a drink of water real quick. And just breathe. Because I'm about to blow your mind, I'm picking the heels to win.
0: See, I don't know if I'm okay with that because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick them to win before, and they did win. So maybe, maybe keep
1: maybe picking, we picking them, would you them to lose. Back right
0: to that. I don't know. It's unclear.
1: <laughs> it's unclear, but also I feel like if I keep picking them to lose, I'm just gonna keep looking stupid. So
0: and I'm going to keep ragging on you. So.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's like what what kind of existence is that really?
0: Yeah, you know. I understand.
1: Well, anybody listening if this goes south, I apologize, but Blaine I blame Brandon Win. Yes. Blame me for they're... having faith in the team. I know that's that's yeah. You didn't have but
0: faith before.
1: I didn't have faith before, but also I had to see what was actually really good with the team and I feel like I'm seeing enough to where I can say that they're probably going to pull it off. Um A I'm not story. likely. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me when I'm kind of navigating the situation is if Miami's defense is supposed to be as good as they had been pumped up to be going into the season, then I feel like the Heels should do a pretty decent job against Wake. I don't know how it's going to go on the other side of the ball. I don't know how the defense is going to hold up. Like we talked about during the postgame, they're just going to have to find a way to get off the field. Yep. That is going to be the name of the game. But I could see the Heels winning by maybe 10 points.
0: You could see that.
1: Yeah. So I believe that is where I'm going with that. I'm not going to go into actual points from both teams too much, but I think you're probably within the right ballpark. There's somewhere in the low 30s high. 20, so, yeah, that's that's where we're at, me picking the heels and potentially burning the world down.
0: Brandon has finally fully jumped on board.
1: Yeah. It was only a matter of time. Um, the other bit of news that came out this week was that the UNC-Duke game, which is also the homecoming game, is now sold out.
0: Ah. <sighs> That's interesting. It's exciting, though. I mean, I think we were talking a few podcasts back about how that was going to have to be the homecoming game. And, I mean, if we can get this rivalry back to feeling like a rivalry on the football field, I'm all for it. Um, A good, exciting environment in Keenan would go a long way toward doing that um i'm excited for it to be that way though like having a sold out homecoming game against duke seems like one of those like dates you circle on the calendar and make sure that you're there for it so i'm here for it i'm i'm really glad that people are buying in and are willing to show up i know that that's several weeks away still and StubHub exists, so if the next few weeks don't go well and people end up throwing their tickets up on StubHub and not showing up, it'll be a different thing to discuss. But for right now, I feel like there are a lot of good feelings and a lot of excitement, and that should be a really cool game to be at um, if everything holds constant.
1: Yeah, it should be a really fun game, and I don't know that you can ask for anything more getting Duke on Homecoming. It, it should be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I if you're one of those people that randomly checks ESPN's matchup predictor, like I do sometimes, um, right now they have UNC favored to beat Duke, seventy two percent to twenty seven percent. Wow! Yeah, Shiny. I I think. Probably a lot of that is nobody really has a good grasp of what Duke is now that they don't have Daniel Jones anymore. Your favorite person in the world. Can
0: you stop? (laughs) We're not talking about that. Uh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, Duke lost to Alabama, which should surprise nobody. And then they beat the life out of, T, which once again should surprise nobody. So if basically, we don't know anything about Duke.
0: That we just sounds don't. right.
1: Yeah. So we'll give it a little time. It probably won't be right up until we play them where we start putting things together. Though maybe a little bit earlier because after they play M- Middle Tennessee, they then play Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech and then Virginia. So yeah, we'll know. yeah, we'll Just learn things. Learn. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I believe that is all of the talk about football, unless you had something else.
0: Um, I think that's all I've got on the football front.
1: All right. Cool. Well, I'm gonna pause here because we're gonna fit in a quick commercial break, but we will be right back. All right, and welcome back. So, Tanya, let's dive into some basketball news. Um, I came across an article earlier and I knew we just had to talk about it because we are What in Tarnation and we do hot takes on the show. And I would think that this survey that got sent out probably produces enough hot takey goodness for us to dive into so let's go ahead and do that now cbs sports came out with an article uh basically they do the survey every year they send a survey out to 100 coaches for what they call candid coaches and one of the questions that was asked was who will the best player in college basketball be for the 2019 2020 season Um, so here are the players that top the list. Cassius Winston, Michigan State with 50% of the votes. Marcus Howard, Marquette with 13% of the votes. Cole Anthony, North Carolina with 11% of the votes. Anthony Edwards with Georgia, 7% of the votes. Miles Powell, Seton Hall, 6% of the votes. James Wiseman, Memphis, with 5% of the votes. The only other players that received votes were Kerry Blackshear, Jordan Wara, Trey Tinkle, and Cassius Stanley. So, aside from the obvious Tar Heel that has shown up on the list, Tanya, what else about this list is interesting to you? I just want to see if you can guess.
0: The fact that no one from Duke is on the list. (gasps) Insert emoji clutching its face here.
1: Clutching its face, but also insert the one with the side smirk, because that is my (laughs) face right now. Last year. It's interesting. Yeah. Last year, they had all three of the expected Duke players on this list. And now there's none. Um,
0: You hate to see it.
1: You hate to see it. And also, you love to see that Cole Anthony is on this list. Because I'm not going to lie, when he got recruited, I had this weird feeling that when UNC got him, people would downplay him. And it's always gratifying to see that people don't go that route. Because... I'm sure you've noticed like I've noticed and we can act like it's just something that UNC fans make up in their heads, but I really, really don't think it is. People downplay anything involving UNC a lot and it's gotten a little better over the past year. Nobody could really ignore Kobe White. They just couldn't. And nobody could really ignore Cam Johnson because he was spectacular last season but yeah, I just seeing Cole on this list made me irrationally happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the petty part of me is always happy when Carolina gets a player on this list and Duke doesn't. Um, I think we've seen people sort of try to downplay Cole a little bit. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, but. He, I think he's going to be really good, and I think that a lot of people are aware of that. Um, One of the comments that he received in this article was, if the best player is determined by eye-catching numbers, then I think Cole Anthony has the best shot, fits the system, and will have the chance to produce big numbers in Coach Williams' system. And I I think we saw that last year with Kobe, um, that – that's kind of the blueprint for what Cole can do. And I think he's going to get a lot of recognition as we get closer to the season. This is kind of just the first part of that.
1: Yeah. I believe you're right. And Another one of the comments that was made was that he's a one-and-done type guard. I've seen him do a little bit of everything. He can score easily, and if he passes the ball, he'll be dangerous. He's one of the best guards I've seen in a long time. He gets things done. So athletic, tough, plays on both ends, and will find a way. From what I've seen of him, he's a winner. I think the passing part is probably the most downplayed part if we're talking about anything involving Cole Anthony. And I'm not saying that he's a point guard wizard yet. He's a combo guard. Like, in every sense of the word, he is a combo guard. And so, he'll figure that part out. I'm sure he's going to figure that part out. But also, when he can score the way that I've heard that he can score and the little bit that I've seen, you know that Roy is going to want him to also shoot the ball. So... Trying to evaluate what he's actually doing in contrast to what he's actually being told, I think is gonna be a little interesting, but yeah. Um I think Third's about right on this list. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, Cassius Winston has a very good shot of being player of the year. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Um So I think I think third is right for a player that we haven't seen yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Cassius Winston's actually my favorite to win the Bob Cousy Award. Like he's just he's so good. Like I was watching him during the NCAA tournament, and he was just one of those guys that was undisputably awesome. So. Michigan State can enjoy that, but, you know, I, we're not, we don't have that, such a less degree of a point guard on our side to where UNC fans should feel any type of way about that. Got somebody really good that came in, and you should be excited um, for sure. Um, Tanya, was there anything else that you would like to cover before we close things out?
0: Nope, I think I'm good.
1: All right, cool. Well, uh, would you like to let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter?
0: I am at Tanya Bondaria, and I'm usually at Tar Heel Blog.
1: All right, great. I am at THB Brandon. Once again, this has been the What in Tar Nation podcast. We will be back. This weekend with a post-game podcast, um, be sure to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment so that our other host, Chad Floyd, can read your comment over the air, which is a very outdated way of saying on the podcast, I apologize. That makes no sense. But anyways, this has been our show Uh, We will be back with you this weekend and go Heels.
0: Go Heels.